Today's episode of The Lutheran Cartographer is brought to you by Audible. Get a free trial offer with a free audiobook at audibletrial.com slash Lutheran Cartographer. The Lutheran Cartographer, episode 22. Welcome to The Lutheran Cartographer, the podcast where we explore what it's like to be Lutheran in different places. I'm your host, Nicholas Weber. This week, we are joined by Pastor Matthew Durance. He is the pastor of Bethlehem Lutheran Church in Greenleaf, Kansas, and is the vacancy pastor at St. Peter's in Barnes, Kansas. He is also the district life coordinator of the Kansas District of the LCMS. Pastor Durance, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up in Greenleaf. Well, so the... uh... The, the shorter version of the story would, would go like this, um, is I, I grew up in Michigan, uh, Midland, Michigan, and was belonged to St. John's Lutheran there, LCMS congregation. Um, went to parochial school until about third grade there. And uh, it was about that time um, that we moved across town and we had ended up joining um, the uh, ELCA church, which was nearby. It was an old ALC church. My grandparents had gone there um, back in the days when, when the ELC, well, the ALC and the LCMS were in fellowship together. And so we didn't think there was much difference. And throughout most of my time there in that congregation, there really wasn't. But it was about the time when I went off to college. I went to Michigan Tech University um, to uh, originally for civil engineering, but then um about halfway through, I decided to switch my major to psychology and was going to go into education, teaching, um, counseling, and the like. But um, it was my senior year of college that I'd said, well, I guess I'm going to revisit this thought of becoming a pastor, which I'd had throughout my life, but had never really taken it seriously until college graduation was upon me. And I said, well, we need to make a decision on something. So I applied to Luther seminary in St. Paul, Minnesota. And it was uh, after starting my studies there, it was about uh, halfway through my first year of seminary that I started to realize there were some stark differences, not only in my confession as what I believed Lutherans believed and uh, and what we said about the scriptures and the sacraments and the like, um, but there was actually a great difference even between my what I re- had remembered of my home congregation and the ELCA as a whole. As you can imagine, um, Minnesota Lutheranism in the ELCA is um, fairly left of center, uh, to, to put that gently. To put it mildly, and, yes. <laughs> yeah, to put, it, to put it mildly. And so I, you know, I had never really considered myself a stark, you know, conservative Christian. You know, I was I was there were many things that the ELCA taught that I was either uh, just ambivalent about or, you know, just thought, well, you know, that's fine. That's one way to look at it. It's not that big a deal. Um, And then, but after that, I thought this isn't going to work. And so um, when I started uh, spending some time with some like-minded uh, more uh, conservative Lutherans at the seminary, classmates at the seminary, and some of the professors who were still there at the time. I seriously started to consider um, the, uh, the the crossover back to the Missouri Synod. You know, the uh, 
Um, I, I thought maybe my my exodus was uh, was was uh, coming upon me, and and uh, thought about heading back to the Missouri Synod, but um, there was a lot of things that I had to consider that would be difficult for that. You know, that uh, my wife and I had been married uh, before I uh, start finished seminary, and um, we had a, a six month old son at the time, and um, there was a lot of other things that just really were unknown, um, whether about what that would look like going into the Missouri Synod, you know, would I, would I find a call with that sort of thing? So with that in the back of my mind, I, I graduated from the SEM and I took my first call, uh, which was actually a, a, a two point parish, uh, in Northeast Kansas. And which was a, which was a surprise in and of itself, you know, coming up from Michigan, living in Michigan, most of my life, my wife, was born and raised in Michigan, and it was a it was a hard transition for us to move to Minnesota, which really wasn't that different, you know, population wise, geography, climate, you know, the the culture of the people, not really that different from from Michigan. Um, to uh, that was a hard sell, and then coming to Kansas, we we'd never lived anywhere remotely like Kansas. We didn't know what to expect. We didn't know what to prepare for. Um, what the people would be like, but we said, well, this is where the Lord is calling us, so I guess this is where we're going. And um, spent three years in my first parish there, um, and uh, it was about that time, about two years into my call there, that I had realized, well, you, you know, we this isn't going to last long. We need to we need to make a decision, and that my wife and I both real kind of came to the conclusion that coming back to the Missouri Synod was where we were to go. And, uh, and so that was when I uh, contacted Peter Lang, who at the time was the district president of uh, Kansas here, and uh, started conversing with him and, and said, you know, hey, I'm, I'm looking to join the Missouri Synod. And so praise be to God, I went through the colloquy process. And uh, in October of 2017, I was installed here at uh, Bethlehem in, in Greenleaf, which is actually just about 50 miles uh, southwest of my first call, um, the ELCA parishes that I served. Um, and now, come to find out, we, we really enjoy uh, Kansas. You know, we've spent about six years now we've lived in Kansas, and um, the people are wonderful. I actually do kind of appreciate having winter my entire life. I enjoy some of the warmer weather more often. And, uh, you know, there's, there's still good beer to drink and, uh, good food. I, I'm especially, uh, particular to, uh, the, the, the Kansas barbecue and Kansas city and the cuisine around here. So we're, uh, we're enjoying it quite a bit. And uh, thanks be to God, I've enjoyed, uh, serving the, the people here at Bethlehem. And then also, um, the people of St. Peter's Lutheran, which is a, a vacancy congregation I'm serving at the moment as well. I see. Yeah, that is wonderful. So tell us a little bit more then. Greenleaf, tell us a little bit more about the geographical orientation of Greenleaf. We mentioned that it's in northeast Kansas, but for those of the listeners that have never been in the Midwest, or would you even consider Kansas Midwest as a Great Plains, help orient us geographically as to where you are in relation to some other places that our listeners might know, be more familiar with, for example, Kansas City. 
certainly, certainly, yeah. So, and this was something that I actually had to figure out myself. You know, one of the one of the jokes that I kind of look back and say, "Wow, that was a really silly thing to say," was um, when I first when we first came to uh, my first parish and I started talking with some of the people on the the call committee and moving in uh, to the parsonage. I I had made the mistake of considering Kansas part of the South. Because because I'd never I this was the furthest south I'd ever lived and so I said they they kind of looked at me like what what <laughs> so this would <laughs> Kansas would be considered would, would would be considered part of the Great Plains um they're kind of a, the, the sometimes you could I've heard people refer to it as the Midwest but some would say it because it's got the Midwest culture but it's definitely more of the Great Plains so. Uh, Greenleaf, Kansas, if you were to go from Kansas City, is about two and a half hours straight west from Kansas City. Um, the, it's part of the area known as the Flint Hills. Um, and so the, uh, you, when you think of Kansas, you know, I'm sure a lot of people would say, well, the Great Plains, that means it's pretty flat, not a lot of trees. Um, a lot of lot of uh, farm farmland, which we do have a lot of farmland, but there actually is quite a bit of uh, of wooded areas. Um, very very hilly. Um, there's a there's a lot of uh, um, rock formations and kind of really cool landscape and geography around this area. Um, for for some of your listeners, if they're familiar with Kansas State University at all, um, uh, Manhattan, Kansas is about an hour uh, southeast of us. Um, if you go straight north uh, two hours, you'd be in Lincoln, Nebraska. So we're actually pretty close to the Nebraska state line. Um, we're about mm-hmm. 12 miles south of the of the state line. Um, and so, yeah, the the Topeka, obviously, of course, the 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 capital city there. We're um, just just shy of of two hours from Topeka. So that's. That's kind of where you can orient us. Greenleaf, if you tried to find Greenleaf on a map without without Googling it, you know, you, you take out the old paper hard copy map and you try to spot out Greenleaf, I think you'd be pretty hard to hard to find it. Um, I see. So that's about that's about the best I could say where we where we are geographically. Gotcha. So how big is Greenleaf? Is it, uh, at least when I was in rural North Dakota, one of the measures that we used was like, oh, what's the nearest place that's big enough to have a Walmart? Is Greenleaf large enough for its own Walmart or how does Greenleaf size wise? So uh, if you, if you were to look at the census data, the last, the last uh, um, population numbers for Greenleaf, Kansas was 307. Um, so Greenleaf is an extremely small town. Um, mm-hmm. It's got a uh, it's got a grocery store, got a bank, got a post office, uh, a cafe, and uh, of course the uh, the farmers co-op. But that's about it. And then houses. So the closest Walmart for us is actually just to the north a little bit, about a half hour, um, in Marysville. Uh, Kansas, which is a, which would be one of the the larger towns. I, I wouldn't say it's a it's a spanning metropolis by any stretch, but uh, but you know a lot of the stuff that you would want to have is in Marysville, or you can go okay. to to Clay Center. So yeah, Greenleaf is is three hundred about three hundred people, um, and uh, 
yeah so when we talk more about like kind of the the, the culture and, and whatnot i can get into a little more with that because it's it's a pretty interesting area yeah it definitely sounds like it let's do a little bit of that right now now we've already talked about how you and your wife found a great contrast between going from Michigan to Minnesota and then to Kansas, but you also mentioned that it, it also has some of that Midwest culture. So help draw out for our listeners a little bit about what are some of the the co- contrasts between Greenleaf and the other places you've been. Well, the one of the things that you note in this area is um, there's a there's a lot of you know culturally, I would I would say you know the Greenleaf and the surrounding area has that heavily Germanic culture behind it. Um, that uh, that when you think of your um, run-of-the-mill German Lutheran community, that's what that's what Greenleaf, Kansas is. And so, in many ways, it was a lot like uh, the the people were a lot like the the folks I grew up around back in Michigan, um, because that was a heavily uh, German Lutheran population, um, you know, so there's the, all those mannerisms that go along with that, um, good and bad that uh, you can think of. Um, the, the, the community is a very um, family-oriented um, place that they, they really take care of their, their families, but they also take care of everybody in town. You know, you think of um, what the, the a place where you, you kind of you walk into the post office or you walk into the grocery store and if you don't know everybody in the grocery store you know then you've gone to the wrong place um they they they, they, they you know everybody you, you can greet everybody on a first name basis around here i mean there you because of course you know everybody's just we're very a friendly group of people but you know people are also there's a lot of relations you know you find out as you go along and you, you spend more time here, you say, oh, you know, I, I never realized that so-and-so who worked at the post office was related to, you know, the other person who runs the cafe or, you know, the, um, the, the person who operates the nursing home. You know, they have family in that nursing home that they run and operate and that sort of thing. So there's, there's, a, there's a dedication in everybody's kind of view of what they're supposed to do in their vocation and then also on how they treat one another that, it's a very warm, uh, uh, friendly community. Now, that being said, I mean, it does take a little while to, to, to get yourself brought into the community. I mean, if you're, if you're you know, such as myself, you know, we, we, we don't have any family from here. We don't have any, you know, real connections to the community other than, you know, I was called as the pastor here, and we've only been here for just shy of three years. Um, it does take some time to, to kind of get to know people and have them open up a little bit more. But, you know, once you, once you've spent some time here and you really show an appreciation to the community, they, uh, they'll, 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 they'll claim you as one of their own almost right away. But um, yeah, which was, and so that was a big stark difference from coming from Minnesota and really why it was such a hard transition going from Michigan to Minnesota rather than from Minnesota, you know, from, Michigan to Kansas was because, um, you know, Minnesota has that very different, you know, Scandinavian Lutheran, you know, background. And so, you know, you, you would think that as Lutherans, there's not a lot of difference between, you know, whether you're a Norwegian Lutheran, Scandinavian, Finnish, German, you know, Danish, 
whatever you may be. But, you know, I think those, those, those cultural boundaries really more than geography are, are the things you notice, you know, cause I, you could say the same thing about even just from my last call, which was in Kansas. Um, but my last church was a Swedish, you know, Lutheran congregation and coming from the Swedish Scandinavian background to the German background, that was a that was a transition in and of itself, even though we only went, you know, one county over. Yeah. So let's drill in a little bit more to this. I think that that Germanic Scandinavian contrast is something that you know it when you see it and you kind of feel it a bit. How would right. you articulate it for those that haven't been in a German Lutheran church or a Scandinavian Lutheran church to to understand that better what what some of those mannerisms or or ways of being might be yeah well and and so that's actually that's a pretty difficult question because you're 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 right in what you said you know you you know it when you see it but but trying to articulate it would be I need to try to formulate my words here and think about that. Um, one of the things in, in right off the, right off the bat, um, is, uh, just, just how they, when I, I, I'm, I'm thinking about the two parishes that I've, that I've served as a, in my time as a pastor. And I think one of the main differences was, is that the, the German Lutherans are much more pragmatic in how they, in how they approach things. When I've done, you know, pastoral care or teaching or, you know, looking at things in the congregation and making suggestions on how we, you know, if we if we wanted to change something in the in the service, you know, they had a a, a practice that, you know, they we wanted to try to, you know, do something different to what they've usually done or, um, you know, consider, well, let's let's look at this approach and how we've been. Uh, looking at Bible study or Sunday school and the like, and um, the, you need to you need to formulate your arguments based more on pragmatism and say, well, look, you know, this is the way we've been doing things, and here's some of the shortfalls to how we have that process. Let's look at this process and make it a little more, you know, co- concrete. Say this is going to make things better. Your 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 machine is inefficient right now. Let's fix the machine and make it more efficient. And that's and that's how they approach a lot of things. Um, is they, they they want to have things working as best they can. Um, whereas with the uh, with the, the the Scandinavian Lutheran, they they are much more. Um, not that not that the German Lutheran wouldn't, but but the you you have to appeal more to the argument of uh, of. Uh, um, emotion, if you if you would, you know, when I when there were things in my in my former call, you know, they they were much less worried about you know pragmatism, you know, if I if I were to say, you know, well let's do let's just give a, a scenario, of, uh, if a congregation didn't have the chalice, for instance, you know, I could say I could say to to the the German Lutheran congregation, hey, let's let's bring in the chalice, uh, and then the pragmatic argument would be that. Um, it's less to clean up instead of having to measure out the cups and all this sort of things. You could say this is how, and it's easier to clean, easier to maintain, easier to measure out the wine for the communicants and that sort of thing. And they could say, oh, all right, well, we kind of see that, you know, and then they could, we could go that way. Whereas with the other 
uh, Lutheran church, you know, I, that wouldn't really make sense to them. You know, it, it would, it would be more of a, you know, the chalice is a more, uh, per, is a more better proclamation of the fellowship we have in Christ. And so, you know, if we, when we drink from the one cup as Christ himself instituted with his disciples, you know, take and drink this cup, he didn't divvy out the one cup and all these little cups and say, drink from those cups. He said, here is this cup that you are to drink. Um, having that, that, that more uh, um, emotional argument behind it, or, or uh, you know, that they, they may be interested a bit more in the, the theological aspect, if we wanted to put it that way, too. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that, that's one way of getting at that. I, and I know that we could digress on this for a very long time but i think that that's a good kind of first first crack at like oh here's a way of starting to think about this issue thank you for that sure sure Let's take a moment to thank our sponsor. If you're listening to this podcast on the go you already know the power of having audio in your ears. And Audible wants to put the books that you want to listen to there as well with their free 30-day trial offer that comes with a free audiobook. If you're not sure what book you should check out, this month I'm recommending that you check out Luther's Bondage to the Will. It's one of his great treatises and the one that he looked back on and said was one of the most important. So you can check that out at audibletrial.com slash Lutheran Cartographer. Let's get back to our guest. So let's now, we've already touched on them, so we may go through these questions quickly, but I want to make sure that we we touch on them. So let's talk about, you've already talked about like the family-oriented atmosphere and the welcoming nature of the community. What are some of the other best parts about the Greenleaf area? So the I would say right off the bat, the best part of the Greenleaf area is um, the uh not only the, the the german background but but this area is heavily heavily lcms um to, to put it into perspective this way so greenleaf has a population of 307 my congregation when we were having services before this coronavirus pandemic we would average about a hundred on a on a weekend um now that's put into the perspective of Washington County, where Greenleaf is a part of, has a population of about 5,400 total, and there mm-hmm. are there are six LCMS congregations in the county, and wow. and each of the and so in for me specifically, if you were to go, so the vacancy congregation I serve is about 13 miles to the east, and they average about 40 on a Sunday. If you go six miles to the west, you're going to get Zion Lutheran, and they have about 120 on a Sunday. You go six miles to the south, and you have St. John's and Palmer, which is the mother congregation in the area. They get about 150 on a Sunday. You go even further to the uh, to the west, and you're going to get to Emmanuel Lutheran, which is about 80 to 90 on a Sunday. And then you go up about 12 miles to the north and you're going to get Trinity Lutheran in Hanover, which has about, you know, 90 to 95 on a Sunday. So you've, you've got these LCMS congregations within a very short distance of each other that have very strong, you know, average attendances on Sunday. You know, there's these, these are not, you know, 
when you when you go out to to western Kansas, you know, closer towards Colorado, a lot of those churches are very spread out, and they usually only have about thirty as kind of a high water mark for them. Around here, mm-hmm. we have all these congregations with you know close to a hundred people on Sunday morning, and so you know we've got. But then in our circuit. And for those of you, you know, I mean, I'm assuming the audience is mostly LCMS Lutheran, but if you're not, a circuit is, you know, the, the gathering of uh, uh, congregations and pastors in a, in a geographic area. And so our, our circuit, um, we actually have two uh, parochial schools in our circuit, uh, which is amazing because, wow. again, yeah. the, the county size is not that big, um, but we have two very strong parochial schools. Um, in our in our air in our circuit and so that's that's the best thing about it is is everyone here is to some degree or another lutheran for the most part i mean there's there's a catholic church here and there um there's a couple of elca churches a couple of lcmc churches you know offshoot lutherans from the elca mm-hmm. um but you know maybe a, a methodist church here or there a christian church but for the most part everybody here is Lutheran. And so the, the, the common battles that a pastor may have in terms of defending Lutheran doctrine, such as like the practice of closed communion or the practice of uh, uh, against uh, syncretism, joint worship services, you know, ecumenical services and that sort of thing, that's never a battle that we've ever had to have because everybody here, everybody here in the area, they, we've just that's just what we do. And everybody knows that. And so that's not somewhere, not something that we had to stake our claim or plant our flag and say, this is how we do things here as Lutherans, because everybody's, they've, they've all grown up with that. And most of the, the generations in these congregations, they don't know anything, but that's how we've always done things. Whereas, you know, say, if you go to North Dakota, and there's not a lot of LCMS Lutherans. There's a lot of ELCA Lutherans up there. They have to defend themselves more often and say, well, no, we're not that kind of Lutheran. We practice this because that's who we are as Lutherans. You know, around here, everybody knows what we mean when we say Lutheran. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, those are some really good things. Now let's switch. What are some of the worst parts about the area or the most challenging things about being in Greenleaf? Well, one of the most challenging things, of course, is, um, is the, the, you really are kind of, I mean, I'm not going to say out in the middle of nowhere, but you really are isolated in a lot of ways um, because mm-hmm. the, because you have to travel such a great distance to go to, you know, yeah, Walmart doesn't seem like that bad when you say, oh, it's only a half hour away. But if you need to get something immediately, you you know, and you just went to Walmart yesterday, you're not going to go back because that's another hour that you're going to have to spend to, to get there, there and back. Um, you have to, you know, the and, you know, the grocery store here in town, they close at five o'clock, you know. So if you if you don't think of it before five, well, I guess you're not getting it other unless you go to travel the length to get there. Um Culturally, as I as I said, you know that they are a very family, community-oriented group, but it really does take some some skill and some um, some time to really involve yourself into the community. 
And, and I know as, as when I came out here, you know, we have my wife and I, we have three, you know, children now under the age of six. And one of the big things is, you know, being out in the community, you know, going out Friday night to see the local sporting events or going to eat at the, the American Legion there in Lynn or, you know, any of the other places that a lot of your, you know, members are going to be at. We just don't get out that much and go around to those places because, well, Friday's always been my time with my family. And so we, we, you know, we don't spend much time. So it's hard. It was hard for us to kind of get into the community is so that, and especially not having any family around, you know, it's, it's hard when, you know, something comes up, if one of our kids gets sick and we need to go to the doctor, you know, then I, you know, so I need, I stay with the other kids and, you know, we don't just have grandma or grandpa to call up and say, Hey, can you come out here and watch our kids for a while? And, you know, something came up, it really can set a, uh, um, a wrench in our, in our schedule for the day. But, um, that's probably the big thing is you, you have to really have a, um, well, how can I say that you really have to have a, a, a understanding of, of what it means to live in rural America. And if you, you know, grew up in the city or in the suburbs your whole life, like I did, and then coming out to the rural country, you know, there, there is, there is a pretty high learning curve there. So that's, that's one thing that, that I would say. Um, one of the challenges okay. being out here. That makes uh, sense. All right. So then we've already uh, talked about this a lot, and we are um, we are coming up to where we need to start asking some other questions. But I would ask you: Would you highlight for our listeners just one thing about that they that might surprise them or be an unexpectedly good thing about what it's like to raise a family there? Um. First and first and foremost, this is a, a, a it's a great place to, to raise kids because um, there are there are so many opportunities for kids to get involved with other kids uh, outside of school. There's a lot of um, you know we we do live in a small community, but there are a lot of opportunities in terms of like sports teams. You know, there's basketball, there's baseball, there's all kinds of things going on. The kids can get involved. There's a 4-H. Uh, chapter out here that that's very strong um, and again as I said in this community you know you can pro you can guess that nine out of ten times the person that you meet is going to be of the same confession as you Lutheran and so even in you know, our parochial school and the public school have a strong working relationship with each other um, and, and many of the people, if they don't attend the parochial school and they're in the public school, a lot of the teachers and staff and other students are still Lutheran. And so there's, as you had mentioned at the beginning of the program, you know, you find yourself sort of being uh, in a different world in, in the, being on the, on the West Coast. Um, you, you find that here you're, we're isolated from a lot of the more secular uh, or, or neo-pagan ideas um, that the that the world is sort of trying to impose upon our our youth as as Christians, and so there's not a lot of uh, reprogramming that we have to do in our home, um, because we know that most of the people in our who are teaching my children they share the same confession I do. I mean, it it seems it seems kind of silly to say, but uh, but you know, the the only thing we have to worry about a lot of the times is uh, you know 
um, there's a there's the influence of uh, Methodism and uh, and uh, evangelicalism here, and so we have to you know fix that every once in a while. But if that's the worst we have to worry about, then this is a good place to be. Yes, that that uh, <laughs> that sounds like a great problem to have. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> so now let's talk about uh, what you would suggest our our listeners check out if they happen to be in the area. Hidden gems or not so hidden gems, places to eat or things to do that you'd recommend. Certainly. Well, if you come out if you come out to Greenleaf in this area, you know uh, one of the one of the great things to see would be uh, the the Alcove Springs. Um, which is a, uh, it's a tourist area nearby over uh, by Blue Rapids. And uh, one of the, one of the claim to fames in this area is um, that the, the Pony Express had gone through this area. Um, and so there's a lot of stops and kind of mile markers and things to see um, that uh, if you're, if you're a history buff, you know, American history, you know, this is a big, um, a big place for for the Pony Express there, so that's there's all kinds of places to see mile markers and whatnot. Um, there is uh, if you go over to if you look at like cuisine and stuff, and if you go to Marysville uh, and even Clay Center, there's all kinds of uh, um, different sorts of uh, barbecue. You know, you have to try the barbecue when you come out here. That's that's one of the big things. Um, and then if you want to take the travel to, uh, to uh, Manhattan, um, they have a, a discovery center, the Flint Hills Discovery Center, um, where they have all kinds of things for kids. Um, they, uh, they have all kinds of history about the state of Kansas, uh, sort of the frontier and how the Flint Hills are different than the rest of the state. And uh, there's just all kinds of uh, outdoor stuff to do you know the uh one of the big things around here is uh if you're a hunter there's lots of uh turkey hunting deer hunting um and of course you know if you come to visit anybody here will they'll they'll love to give you a ride in the truck you know to go check cattle or you know getting ride in the combine and that sort of stuff and kind of get that that uh sort of off the, the 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 grid sort of thing would be a really interesting thing as well um, but yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's all kinds of things that, uh, that are really, really something to see out here. Uh, we have the Washington County Historical Society out here to talk about a lot of the churches, because of course there's, um, uh, these small churches that don't, uh, they're not open anymore, but you can still see where they used to be. Um, there's a lot of rich church history out here as well. So just to name a few things. That is fantastic. So as we start closing out the podcast, Pastor Durant, I want to ask you, for those that are thinking about, let's zoom out a little bit, for those that are thinking about, just in general, moving to a more rural location, especially with the the coronavirus situation, a lot of people are thinking, I really should be somewhere more rural. Mm-hmm. What general advice if people are thinking about moving to rural America would you have for them? Um. Well, I'll say right away, one of the things you, you have to be be ready for is um, if you're an introverted person like me, you need to step out of your comfort zone and you need to, you know, be involved with the people in your community. You know, there's a, there is a lot of pride um, in, uh, in Greenleaf and in Lynn and Palmer. There's a lot of pride from the people and where they're from. Uh, 
And so, you know, one of the things that, that we did, you know, foolishly, I would, I would say, I guess for myself is um, when we first came out to Kansas and we, we came to Northeast Kansas to our first parish there, we were going to Manhattan every weekend because we wanted to go to the big grocery store and get our food there. And we wanted to go out to eat and do all the stuff that we used to do when we lived in the seminary in the twin cities. And even when we lived back in Michigan, my wife and I both came from fairly large uh, suburban towns um, in Michigan. And so that was the one thing we were really involved in. And we didn't really go to, um, you know, a lot of the community events at first, we didn't go to the, the local grocery store to get a lot of the stuff we needed to do. I mean, we did in a pinch if we had to, but we really were trying to hold on to that, you know, suburban lifestyle of, well, we want to do this. We want to go to the big chain restaurants. We want to go to Target. We want to do all that kind of stuff. And we did that every weekend, you know, and we were gone out of the community most Mm -hmm. of the time. Um, And, and then when we came out here after spending some time in, in, uh, in rural America, he said, you know, we really did enjoy being part of, you know, the community. So for instance, last year, there's a large uh, dairy company, Oldie Dairy here in the area in our community. And um, they have a, uh, like in the month of June, which is uh, national dairy month, they gave away a free gallon of milk. And uh, they had a whole big thing at the dairy where you could see and look like, Hey, have you ever wondered where your milk comes from? This is how it's done. They had games. They had a free lunch that they gave to the community. I mean, they just opened it up to everybody. You could come and grab a couple of hamburgers or hot dogs or whatever. And, you know, yeah, grab a free gallon of milk and then be on your way home. And uh, there's, a, there's a lot of things, especially in the time of this pandemic, um, the community's really been stepping up. Our local grocery store, uh, Chromie's Market, has been doing a uh, giveaway where they've been collecting donations from people, monetary donations, and they've been live streaming on Facebook, delivering a box of groceries to a family. You know, they just, the people here, they nominated a family. The owners of the grocery store packed up about $100 worth of groceries in a cardboard box, and they live streamed, you know, driving to this family and presented them with a box of groceries. And so, you know, that's, and that's still going on to the best of my knowledge. Um, but there's, there's a, just an, an incredible amount of families that have been helped by that. And so that, that's one of the things, if, you're, if you want to come to the country in the rural America, you know, that's, that's one of the things is just be involved with the community. You know, they, they take a lot of pride in where they're from. And um, you can really feel that. I mean, even in, in just the small little mom and pop stores and this sort of thing, you feel the, um, the pride that they have and, the, and the, they pour their heart and soul into pretty much everything they do, um, including being in their churches. And so that's what I would suggest is be, be ready for that and be willing to be a part of that. Um, you know, be involved is what you could say. All right. That sounds like the good advice. So now let's turn to what things you'd like to point our listeners towards. Your church website or places to follow on you online, which are you'd like our listeners to check out? Certainly. So um, we have a Facebook page for both of the congregations, Bethlehem Lutheran Church, Greenleaf. 
um, St. Peter's Lutheran Barnes, uh, B-A-R-N-E-S. Um, and then um, I also work with the uh, the Kansas District of the Missouri Synod as the, uh, the, the district life coordinator. So if you go to uh, kslcms.org um, and go under the president's page, there's a life ministry page. And so we've been doing a, a district life conference here um, every January with uh, with other LCMS Lutherans in the district um, in our proclamation of life. And uh, so there's that option there. And then also um, our church websites are on our Facebook pages and uh, for any additional information that you would like to know. All right. Fantastic. Thank you again for your time today, Pastor Durant. What are your parting thoughts for our listeners? Um, I would say, you know, I, I, talked about uh, the, the, the pride uh, in the community here. And I would have to say that for myself, I, I take a lot of great pride in, in being part of this tradition, being part of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. And um, I, I hope that your listeners, if they are LCMS, um, that they feel that pride as well. Uh, we have a great treasure in our, in our synod and the, the, the consolation of the gospel. And, uh, and if you're and if you're not, if you're just kind of tuning in and listening, um, check out your local LCMS parish and talk to your to that pastor and uh, and see, you know, listen to them, because the, I, I think that uh, we have a great treasure that we, we need to share with others. And if you've ever considered this church, um, please do so. We would love to have you. Absolutely. Thank you again. God's you're peace. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Lutheran Cartographer. For more about the things that we talked about today, check out the show notes page at lutherancartographer.com slash 22 for all those great things that Pastor Durant told us about. Before you go, I want to encourage you to check out that Audible offer. You get to keep that free audiobook, even if you decide not to continue with their service, but it's well worth checking out. That's at audibletrial.com slash lutherancartographer. Be sure and subscribe to the show on iTunes and on Stitcher so you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave me a rating and a review. That way more people can see the podcast. Thanks again for listening. I'm Nicholas Weber, and I'll talk to you soon.